Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. Let's spend a moment in some silence and solitude, preparing ourselves, centering ourselves to hear from the Lord today. For those of us who joined us in person, welcome. For those of us joining us online, so glad you tuned in. As we practice the rule of life, we're going to exhale in a minute. Let's exhale. All the ruminating, automatic thoughts that weigh us down throughout the week through the year, through the months. Lord, we pray today that you would be able to help us identify the root of these automatic thoughts today and work toward a way of healing. And inhale the presence of God with his transcending peace. Jesus calling May 29th. Sarah Young, I am with you, watching over you constantly. I am Emmanuel, God with you. My presence enfolds you in radiant love. Nothing, including the brightest blessings and the darkest trials can separate you from me. Some of my children find me more readily during dark times. When difficulties force them to depend on me, others feel closer to me when their lives are filled with good things. They respond with thanksgiving and praise, thus opening wide the door to my presence. I know precisely what you need to draw nearer to me. Go through each day looking for what I have prepared for you. Accept every event as my hand-tailored provision for your needs. When you view your life this way, the most reasonable response is to be thankful. Do not reject any of my gifts. Find me in every situation. God's people pray. Amen. So about 10 years ago, I decided to change my life once and for all. I was inspired. I was stoked. I was going to lose the 50 pounds I gained since I got married. I had it all planned out. And you go, well, what, what inspired you to make such change, you ask? Well, after I saw Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy and thought if Andy from Park and Rex can do it, so can I. So I decided to go back to my habits when I was in college, and I decided right there on the spot that day I was going to begin to run 25 miles per hour. Not for, I mean, a week, 12 miles a week. <laughs> 25. I don't think I could have, but I, I, 
This is this explains why I blew my hamstring out. <laughs> but right when I decided to run the 25 miles per week and I went out in the first 0.1 miles, which is about 600 feet, give and take, I blew out my hamstring. I pulled it. My hope sunk into despair. I swear to you, those first 600 steps were the most difficult I have ever taken in my life. It, it was as if chains, weights that were chained to my ankles had me locked up. I couldn't break free until my body gave out. So I was there huffing and puffing just 600 feet from my goal of 25 miles. And this is what I realized that day, that hope is frail. Tell someone next to you, hope is frail. Hope is frail because change is elusive. It's elusive because it runs away from you. And change is elusive because usually our problems are adaptive and not technical. Meaning, the root of our problems, the emotional ecology of whatever is confounding us in our lives that have, has a stuck feeling this way, is beneath the surface, yet we think is a superficial solution. So what ends up happening is we begin to chase our tail and we run around circles. We start hacking away at leaves rather than get to the core of the issue, which is another problem. And it adds insult to injury because now you have a whole list of things that you're inept in. How many people have a list of things that you're inept in? I do. <laughs> and, but the worst of all, you start developing pet names for yourself as a result of your failure of accomplishing your goals. And the worst part of it is, it's not even really beneath the surface what your problem really is. Now you have another problem. Here, as we move to this text today, we're, we're going to learn why our lives are self-sabotaged instead of really cared for. Because a lot of times we're hacking away at the symptoms of our failures rather than the root. So we're wasting a lot of time. Even counseling, a lot of people think that counseling is a silver bullet to my motive confounding issues in my life, but it's not. A lot of people feel like, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna get it straight. No, counseling are tools, schematic tools the counselor has learned reading multiple, 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 multiple theories. Tell someone multiple, multiple theories. And now they're just trying to fit those cases in a schematic framework for your issues and trying to help you develop tools to help yourself. That's what counseling is, is self-help. 
But if you don't get to the root and you just now think, well, here I am, can't lose weight. Well, then I'm a loser. Here's your pet names that begin to come out. You can't accomplish something so simple to understand. Why can't I lose these 10 pounds? For me, it was 50. <laughs> but why, why can't I do it? Well, uh, because I'm incompetent. Right? Or can I accomplish this goal that I have? And every time I try to accomplish this goal, there's resistance and I falter. Now I'm pathetic. Or I can't get something. I keep coming back to the same place over and over again. Now I'm stupid. So this, this cyclical self-talk begins to dominate our framework of the way we schematically look at ourselves. And that's not even really your problem. So now, add insult to injury, we're trying to fix problems technically when the problem is adaptive. So, then how do we move from self-sabotage, this self-talk that fulfills a self-prophecy in a sense, because we keep having these automatic thoughts, to really taking care of our soul, to soul care. Move from self-sabotage to soul care. That's what I want to address today. Because I feel like one of the things as I was praying this week was some of us who are gifted and smart in some ways. You see, I said some ways. Meaning you get some things right. But because of this giftedness and self-sufficiency, we have a very difficult time of letting in people and help to really get at the core of things because we're stubborn as hell. So ask someone, are you stubborn as hell? Yeah, yeah. Because here, here it is. Counseling small groups are systems in which to help you help yourself. But if you resist that change, which you will, then change won't happen. First, you have to admit that there is a problem and feeling like there's a problem versus actually understanding what the problem is are two different things. G.K. Chesterton once said that we have a superficial understanding of our problems because it's not that we can't see solutions, we can't really see the problem. That's what I want to help us to understand. I don't want parents and husbands and friends and and spouses and families wasting their lives. Because let me just tell you folks, I counted how many years I have left on this earth. I actually counted how many days I have based on the actual science. And it's like 16,500 days. For many of you, maybe like a few days more. I don't want us to waste our lives hacking away at least. I want us to change, amen? I want us to really understand what it means to flourish in God's power and God's destiny. I want you to be able to live those days out, not in despair, but in hope. Because 
I could be preaching up here, but if you're stuck in your ways, in those self-talk, there's nothing I can do to help you. Because hope is something that we have to choose. Hope is something that's elusive. Change is elusive. We know that already. But how do we get there? To really take care of our souls. So let's look at this passage. So I want you to pay attention to this text because it gives us a a clear problem that these two men had. And it's very clear sometimes if you have an explicit problem, like a drug problem, or you know something that's very easy to identify. A lot of times, for me, when I was going through that whole period 10 years ago, one thing I, one thing I didn't tell you is that that contextually was the time where I lost both my parents. My father just passed away within a few months of that time. And the reason that I... I think my hamstring went out when I tried to run, was that the physical pain stemmed from an adaptive issue of any kind of pain reinforcing the grief of losing both of my parents all at once in a decade. So the boggle of weight gain and weight loss was an unattended consequence of what? The symptom of grief. This was a symptom of the grief that was unprocessed. And a lot of times that's what we're doing. We're actually un- unprocessed grief and loss comes out and manifests externally. So I was dealing with the unintended consequences of grief, which was what? Beneath the surface. But the weight gain and weight loss, that problem really is what? Superficial. It's hacking away at leaves. And this is why sometimes people, I've seen people lose 100 pounds and then gain back 125. Because if you think the problem is technical, here, eat less, move more. Here we go. Look, I got the six pack. Boom. Now you got the rolls back. You got it back. And now, now you didn't solve the adaptive problem underneath the surface why you were overeating in the first place which is a form of coping as well. You didn't solve that problem, so now it comes back. Now you feel like what? A real loser. And most of life is like this for most people. It's an insult to injury. You're just confounded by problems after problems, never being able to navigate out of it because you don't get to the root. When you look at this passage and read it carefully, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed them. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. And when they heard Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be what? Quiet. But they shouted, all the louder. Son, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The audacity of these men is something we can learn from. Because if you're blind in the first century, 
They're usually sitting on the roadside to what? To beg people to survive. These men and their predicament and their verdict in life was finished. There's nothing more they can do. But they had hope. Tell someone next to you, they had hope. Do you have hope? You go, well, maybe. Like I said, hope is frail. They had the audacity to hear the gospel about this person, Jesus, and they had each other, right? They talked about it. Hey, what if Jesus could heal us? They said it out loud, their hope. Sometimes we don't even say our hope out loud because we don't believe it. We're so stuck in the same patterns of life, same thoughts. We won't verbalize it, but already an altruistic determinism has already taken hold of the heart. There's no hope. There's no crying. There's no verbalizing. There's no praying. It's just captivity and you giving in to the message of the arrows. This is final. This is how life is going to be. Not these men. They talk to each other about their hope. What if we could see? What if our life could be different? Because they heard about this man, Jesus. If it were me, the crown rebuking them after they cried out, after they had the audacity of hope, I think I would have given up. Yeah. Like, what were we thinking? A lot, of, a lot of believers, a lot of times, at the most difficult moments of resistance, give in to despair. Because they believe that's true. That this is the final verdict. No one's going to help me. Who am I? But what does the text say? Verse 31. The crowd rebuked them and told them to what? Be quiet. But what? They? All louder. Tell someone, shout louder. That's right. Shout louder. So if you want to defeat the resistance or the harassing thoughts that confound you, then the intensity to defeat what is against you must be what? Not lower. It has to be higher. Can't be lower. You can't tell harassing thoughts. Stop it, please. There has to be a roar because hope is rebellion against determinism. This is what James Clear says in Atomic Habits. I mean, this every writer in the world is jealous of James Clear. James Clear refuses to go down in the Amazon list. He's always number one to three. Everybody hates this guy. That's an author. But his premise and his case he makes about the small changes we make to make lasting exponential change is hard to argue with. James Clear says basically in his book, this is his whole theme. Your outcome, your outcomes are a lagging measure of your habits. Your net worth is a lagging measure of your financial habits. Your weight is a lagging measure of your eating habits. Your knowledge is a lagging measure of your learning habits. 
you get what you repeat. Then, in the same way, our mental health is a culmination of our coping habits. Right? Our inner life, our mental health, the inner substrate of our soul is a culmination of our coping habits. How you cope is how, health, how healthy your soul will be, how clear your mental health will be. So that's what we got to talk about. What are our coping habits? When we struggle, when we doubt, when we despair, what do we do? How do we cope? Well, let me just tell you, quantitative data, qualitative data says that Americans just eat. They overeat. All dieting is emotional. Emotional eating. If it's technical, you can lose weight. Someone like Johan can lose weight like nothing. He just like loses two pounds in a day. He just eats Costco chicken every day for a whole month. You see, and I tried that. And I failed in the first hour. Because I can't eat the Costco chicken again for lunch. It tastes like nothing. Then I put mayo on it and ketchup on it and, and Tabasco sauce on it. You know, it's just like, how could I live a life that's meaningless? And now I'm going to Solomon Ecclesiastes. Life is meaningless. Now I'm ordering McDonald's on DoorDash. It's just like sabotage. Why, for him, it's technical. For me, it's adaptive. It's the way we cope. So what do we do when we struggle? How do we move from self-sabotage to real so-care? Well, first lesson we learned from this passage, it's a real clear, explicit, it's what? Move from self-isolation into what? Into community. Tell someone next, struggle together. Strength in numbers, Golden State Warriors. Back to the NBA Finals, six out of eight years. Like I said, many people in our church owe me lunch now. I'm glad to receive it in Jesus' name. I mean, move from self-isolation into community. Why we fail in coping is because we cope on our own. And when we cope in self-sufficiency, we allow the pet names to become self-fulfilling prophecies. Our inner lives are only shaped by our inner thoughts, which are insidious and dark. These men were able to confound the problem worse than any of us are facing today. None of you are blind and none of you are begging in the street for a living, right? You're pretty good. It could give, it could, tell someone, it could be much worse. It could be much You could be blind, or it could be much worse. I mean, there could be a, a meteorite hitting Earth right now and Five seconds, you blink of light, we're all dead. That, that's bad. It could be much worse. It could always be much worse. The whole point is that these men were able to, confound, to defeat their problem, their confounding problems, because they did it together. They moved into community. They verbalized their hope. They verbalized their fear. And that's the message of the gospel, right? Jesus has the power to change your life. 
and he invites us into community together. Right? Our mental health is the culmination. The health is the culmination of our coping habits. And if you continue to cope in self-isolation, you will allow self-hatred to brew underneath the surface to dominate your thought life. Well, you are what you repeat. You are a loser. You are pathetic and you are stupid. I'm not literally saying that. I'm just saying you're saying that. Just to make it, just make it clear, okay? Don't say, my pastor said I was stupid. <laughs> That's what you're going to believe, right? It's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy, self-sabotage. We have to move out of self-isolation because, I mean, truthfully, we want to isolate when we feel weak and not put together. The whole point of the gospel is to come not put together. That's why people don't want to follow Jesus, because we're always, we have a smile on and we're lying. When we, when we tell people the truth about our brokenness and how Jesus heals us, how he gives us hope, that's interesting. So the question I have for you today is, what are your coping habits? Because that's what, that's who you are. That's who you think you are. Have fun with this in small group this week. Good luck. Let's move down. So the crown rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them, touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed him. I just want to say this. I am tired of self, self-talk. How many people talk to themselves? Raise your hand if you talk to yourself. You talk, yeah, I know. It's like a, I know we all talk to ourselves. I, if you have the energy to talk to yourself, you have the energy to talk to God. You know what I'm saying? You're like, why are you so stupid? Why, why are you so pathetic? Well, you can tell to God why you're pathetic and stupid. God, why am I? Change it like that. Use despair as fuel. Right? I mean, if you have, if, we, if, if the, the whole quantitative data says everybody wants to kill themselves, at least 25% of the population, which, which could really, when I look at it, it's 50, more than 50. And people are not, people are depressed. What is the, main core of depression, hopelessness. I don't have hope for the future. Well, if you have time to think about killing yourself, time to feel down about the future, and you're talking to yourself anyway, beneath the surface of your inner life, for the Christian, maybe talk about that to God. Because that's what these two men did, right? They took their despair and hopelessness used it as fuel, and did hip, high-intensity prayer. High-intensity prayer is impossible without grief. High-intensity prayer is impossible without pain. High-intensity prayer is impossible without loss. For the Christian, high-intensity prayer will save your life. Just this past, uh, just this coming week, I'm interviewing Daryl Strawberry. I don't know if some of you guys, for my time, he's like a superhero to the Mets. And then Yankees, he played for the Yankees as well. I mean, he was basically 
the Mets only have one championship, but it's from 1988. They kind of suck, you know? And because um, they don't have, you know, all the money to buy up all the talent like the Yankees. They cheat all the time. You know, they cheat a lot. But Daryl Strawberry won multiple championships. I think he's a three-time champ, multiple all-star, multiple million-dollar endorsements, New York Times bestseller. And I remember talking to him over lunch a few years ago, and he does not care about baseball. He goes, don't talk to me about baseball, Sam. I'm like, why not? That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jesus. But I don't want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about the baseball. <laughs> I felt like, oh, should I talk about Jesus instead? He's like, well, Jesus is everything. Because at the height of his career, he got addicted to drugs, addicted to all kinds of drugs. He lost everything, lost his contract, and was at a crack house. He was bankrupt, lost everything. And his wife now, who was a Christian, helped him get clean, find Jesus, turn his life around. He said that at his lowest moment, he took the despair of his life and the emptiness and the confounding problem of emptiness of achieving everything you can achieve in life and still end up at a crack house, drugged up to get just one last high to have hope for living. And he said when he cried out to God, it changed everything in his life. He goes, fame means nothing. Money means nothing apart from Jesus. And I believed him because he knows what he's talking about. It's not like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like if a Christian leader says, I know fame. I'm like, no, you're Christian famous. You went to the airport. No one knows who you are. Come on, man. You might be flying business class, but no one knows you. If Daryl Strawberry, well, people are like, oh, it's Daryl. Especially in New York. He's world famous. Like, just, you know, like he's real famous. Christian famous is not the same thing. Christian leaders don't have, be like, I'm famous. No. No one would know you in New York. Come on. Right? I mean, no one's going to really know. You're Christian famous. You're not real famous. I mean, when Daryl says, like, whoa. He not, I mean, he actually experienced this. And, and that's really the confounding problem of a lot of people in this upper mobile life. We're, we're not desperate enough. We're, we're, we're stubborn and independent. We want to try to figure it out, and we just miss the power of God. We don't turn, we don't turn despair into hope like these men did. So the second lesson we learned here is... Read it with me. Transform what? Your despair into what? Into hope through prayer. I mean, it's just the, I mean, the only miracle that we are able to initiate in our lives. Turning our pain into something constructive through the power of prayer, which is hope in the end of the day. Quantitative data suggests that 99.999999 Nine. That those who have a community, a faith community, is protected, 99.999, from suicide. I know. I mean, I know the people that recently did commit suicide from the church, so they messed up the data. But and it's sad, but it completely mitigates. If you have a community around you, and you have a praying community around you, it completely mitigates that type of loss. It's supposed to. Because faith 
actually, the study shows, adds seven years, seven and a half years to your life. I mean, Korea, I know this is my parents in, in, in Seoul. They just basically, if something's healthy for you, they eat everything that's healthy. You know, the hanyak thing, that, I never understood that. That thing is disgusting. Chinese men, I don't know. My mom tried to force me to eat that. My dad would eat snakes, frogs. Snakes and frogs are gone in Korea. It's gone. They ate it all. It's, they disappeared. We can't find any in the mountains anymore. I mean, if you just knew the science, it says that if you just attend church and you have a, seven and a half years longer. That's how healthy faith is. That's how healthy hope is. Robert Keegan says this as we close today. Kind of heady, but bear with me. Robert Keegan says in 1982 in The Evolving Self, he says that the energy field, which to the evolutionary biologist may be about adaptation, is as much as anything about the very exercises of hope. This is the only times he gets really poetic. Everything else kind of is confusing. Whether we all limit all assimilation, there would be no hope. All possibility, all accommodation, no need of it. Might we better understand others in their predicament if we could somehow know how their way of living reflects the state of their hoping at this depth? Not the hopes they have or the hoping they do, but the hopes and the hoping they are. Yeah, I know. It's confusing, right? Someone wrote Robert Keegan. This is right when he started as a professor at Harvard. A, a freshman in college who just took psychology wrote him a letter and said, I'm writing you uh, a letter because I hate you and we have to read your book. And if I could go to Boston and Harvard, I would punch you in the face. <laughs> Some other books are confusing. And I, I, I briefly go into this in my book, but as a little teaser. But, uh, but, but the point is, at an evolutionary level, at a subatomic level, a human being is about change. Without change, we'll fall into despair in this life and eternity. What is the point for finite beings to live without hope, without change? This is why eternity and the creator, why the idea of heaven even makes sense, right? If we know everything, and we will be the same forever, eternity would be hell. Because it would be boring, like the good place, right? They, they all eventually kill themselves to join the universe. Sorry if I ruined the ending for you. But that's what happens in the end. You know, uh, what would be the point of that? No, it, it's the, the confluence of heaven is that the infinite and the finite, the interplay of that, continues to grow in wonder, change, and amazement forever. Uh, otherwise, it would be hell. And that change begins now. It happens here. And that, it really, in the end of the day, is the hope of the gospel. Change for our confounding problems that we cannot change ourselves. The power of God changing our lives. Not at the superficial level, not hacking at leaves, but what? Changing the substrate underneath the surface, beneath 
that inner core of the problem. Heals it. Redeems it. Assages it. That's the hope. Amen? Let's stand and pray together. So, as we pray today, we have our own Amin Lee who wrote the song, Submerged, singing it for us. I hope Jenny's watching. He's a rock star. The whole point of our services and our community is to give you tools in many ways like counselors would and contours of the mind, right? Doctors and physicians, they give us tools for our body. The church, we're supposed to give you tools for the soul. So if the culmination of our mental health is about our coping habits. But these are two questions that I want you to think through as we pray today. What are your coping habits? Do you isolate, self-isolate in weakness and brokenness and struggle? Or do you con confront those confounding problems in community? Because you are what you repeat. Right? We are what we eat. We are what we repeat. So today, can we move from self-isolation into community? And no one can make that choice for you. You have to make it. And I just want to give you a warning. It's scary to do it for real. I'm not like talking about, oh yeah, I did it for community. I told them, yeah, I'm struggling. Will you pray for me? No, no. I'm talking about the real action of moving into community with the confounding honesty of problems that we have and talking about them at a real, taking a dive at that substrate level. And then the coping of crying out to God with our despair. So let's make this our prayer today. Will you lift your hands with me today and pray for a new way of coping, a new way of hoping in the power of God and in community. How far away am I from the water's edge? My soul is
So as we end today, I pray that you would learn healthy ways to cope in community. The power of community is understated, especially in our country. We need courage to come to community because the power is not the community itself. It's when we enter a community for real and we're vulnerable about the confounding problems that we have in our lives that we cannot resolve alone. And God made that very clear in the book of Genesis that it's not good for man to be alone and he had a perfect communion with God. So you can have a perfect vertical relationship with God and yet still have confounding problems because we're never meant to be alone. We're never meant to walk alone. 
Who cares if you're not perfect? Tell someone next to you, who cares if you're not perfect? No one is. So that's a lie. If anyone looks too perfect, they are. They're lying to you. I pray today that the power of community would be released in our lives. And just like the two blind men who found courage in each other, who found comfort in each other, who found hope in each other, that we would find hope together. And we would flourish together from the valley to the mountaintop. Amen. And I pray that we would take our despair together and pray, unlocking hope in our lives for today and tomorrow. Will you bow your heads for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people say, amen. God bless you. Happy Memorial Day. Go in peace. Hi, everyone. Happy Sunday. So glad to see you all here. My name is Haley, and I'm a member here at 180 Church, and I will be sharing some community news with you. First off, let's talk about tithes and offering. If you're a member here at 180 Church, we ask that you continue to keep God at the center of your finances and to tithe faithfully, which you can do using Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. If you're a visitor here with us today, we welcome you to our service and there's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so with the methods above. Next, we have Bible Reading Group. We have an Instagram handle and a Tumblr page at 180BRG, where you can join us at any time to read the Bible. Feel free to follow along and feed your soul with the Word of God. Amen. Next, there are devotionals on sale at the 180 Cafe. They're great to help you get in the habit of praying and connecting with God every day. Sometimes I find it hard to find, form the words to pray, but these devotionals have been so helpful and inspirational. They're available at the 180 Cafe and it's an honor system. So you can purchase them via Venmo or QuickPay. Speaking of prayers, we have our prayer hotline. We invite you to use this resource to ask for prayer for anything or anyone in your life and it's completely confidential. You can text 5397PRAYER or email prayer at 180church.tv and know that there will be a team praying for you on the other end. Prayers are so powerful and I can't tell you how many times my prayers were heard and answered. So I want to encourage you to get out there and pray and ask for prayer for where two or three are gathered in his name, God is with them. Yes. So let's talk about social media. There, these are the ways you can stay connected with us throughout the week. We have several media outlets from Facebook to Instagram to Dr. Sammy's Twitter page and even our YouTube page. We are very active on social media and there are multiple ways to share the message with your friends and family and also stay connected in the community. Let's not forget about our YouTube live stream. We know that things pop up and it's not always possible to physically attend Sunday service, but not to worry because Sunday service is being live streamed weekly on YouTube, so you never have to miss another service. 
So say hello to the YouTube viewers. Hello. And it's also a great way to share the gospel with friends and family. Next up is small groups. Small groups are a great way to process what you heard on Sundays with brothers and sisters along the journey of faith. We know that no one is meant to do faith alone, and small groups have been an amazing way to know that we are in this together. It's also a great way to um, get to know each other, grow deeper in, with, in relationship with each other, and reflect and apply sermons to our daily lives. And honestly, it's so much fun. I look forward to it every week to meet with the group and you know, we just have fun doing life together. So that's great. Um, adult groups meet on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Young adult groups meet on Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. College Fellowship meets on Mondays at 7.30. And if you need any additional info, please speak to any of the greeters in 180 shirts or hoodies. Now, this is the exciting one. Are you, are you guys ready? Okay, I, I want to introduce 180 merch, okay? I know, you've been all waiting for this. It's not exclusive anymore. You can purchase your 180 merch at the 180 Cafe. There's a variety of tops in different fabulous colors, all donning the stylish 180 um, emblem and other cool designs. Like some of them have like cool designs on the back. Not mine, but others. Um, so you can get one of those. Uh, after service, you can head straight to the 180 Cafe to purchase your new 180 shirt, hoodie, or sweatshirt. And they can be purchased with the same honor system as the devotionals. If you have any questions, you can speak to our merch designer, Andy, wherever he is. Oh, uh, he's in the back. There he is. Um, and he can help you. And I can't wait to twin with all of you once you purchase your merch. Okay, next we have Day in the Sun. Our next Day in the Sun will be on May 15th at 12.30 p.m. We will be meeting at the East Pintum in Central Park. So be on the lookout for an email to RSVP. Let's pray for beautiful May weather and an awesome time of fellowship. Also, let's start thinking about the people in our lives who we can invite and share the good news with. Uh, now, for those of you with the heart to serve or feel like you're being led to serve, we have children's ministry. We need volunteers to serve, love, and teach our church's youngest members. They are really doing meaningful and soul-filling work there. My children are learning that they are God's treasures, like I told you last time. And also, my daughter always gets super excited for Sunday school. She says, oh, she loves Sunday school, so they're having a good time there. Um, they are building relationships and growing up in this community feeling loved and known, and that's really special. So if you want to be friends with our community's littlest members and be loved by me and other parents, go see Michelle Kim or Pastor Lydia for more details. Next, we have cafe volunteers. Coffee brings me so much joy, and I know it brings you guys joy too. So you can share some joy by serving up a cup of coffee before service. No barista skills are required. So if you want to serve or impress people with your latte art, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. And lastly, we have greeting volunteers. Who doesn't love a friendly face when they walk in? I know everybody does. And if you want to be that friendly face that brings smiles and makes people feel welcomed, this is for you. If you're interested, please see Danny O or Wendy Lee for more details. Now those are all of our announcements we have today.